It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers, and we have a special guest joining us for the podcast today. And I'm super excited about this. Uh, I don't know if I should go by the birth name or uh, the nickname, but we are joined by Hoss, by, by one of Jamie's kiddos, man. What's up, brother? Really wonderful to have you in today. Uh, not much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I just came in, you know, a little father-son uh, work day, decided to come in and check the building out. I'm super excited. That's awesome. You know, uh, when, my, when I was growing up, uh, my dad worked at a factory. So when I went to go see my dad at work... It wasn't cool, man. Like, it I mean, like this. it was a factory. So it was it, hardcore. Yeah, yeah. It was like, well, man, I do not want to do this when I get older, you know. But, uh, but, man, you, you, you're gonna get to do a lot of rad stuff today, man. Like yeah. being on the fast lane with the guys, you know, listening to Anthony Stalter school your father about sports. I mean, that's gonna be an oh, interesting, oh, amazing. Let's wow. tap the brakes there, okay, Donnie? Let's tap the brakes a little. I'm bit. just giving you troubles, man. Oh, so for our listeners, uh, Ashton's uh, one of my 19 year old twin boys. Uh, he comes with the nickname Haas because he's six five, and uh, basically that's the only name you could give a human being that large. <laughs> he's played hockey his whole life up until what last year. Yeah. Um, so he is um, he's well equipped for all things hockey. He grew up basically in the NHL, in the locker rooms, and doing all that stuff around all the guys. And what's funny is there was an experience that, uh, and I'll let you talk about this in a second. They're big Haas, but. The Winter Classic, when it came here, uh-huh. you know, they had the alumni game. And it's so cool to look back now at some of the pictures. And, like, Ashton and Braden, my other son, are in the locker room. They're, like, taping sticks. They're sitting between Hull and Gretzky and just kind of hanging out and doing the locker room thing. Dude. Which yeah. is, you know, which <laughs> is such an experience for for anybody. But not that they were numb to it, but that's just kind of how they grew up. Because no, Yeah, definitely. Sorry to cut you off No, there. you're not. Not at all. Um, I do it all the time. <laughs> So, <clears throat> the alumni game was a lot different than anything I've been used to. It was like, you get the, in today's age, like, you get, like, the new players and, like, all stuff like that. But then, you know, when they, uh, the Winter Classic 
came around and it was the alumni we stayed in this hotel and you hop on the bus with all of the alumni guys and all of their families and you head down to what was it uh bush stadium bush stadium yeah, yeah. and we uh me and a few other uh kids of alumni got to hang out in the locker room with uh gretzky brett hall all these just biggest names in hockey rivers <laughs> yeah we'll leave that one out um <laughs> Very good. I like Hoss already. <laughs> and then uh, we got to run around and grab tape for them, talk to all of these guys, get signatures. There was a ton of current Blues players down there too. And then you walk outside from the locker room down this long hallway and then just people everywhere. I can't imagine. It was a sight, man. We walked out and even Brett Hall looked back and he went, oh my God. <laughs> there were people everywhere. Yeah. It was the craziest feeling ever, man. Well, Hoss, let me, let me ask you this, man. Right. Um, you know... As a guy that that grew up loving sports of all kind and being a huge sports fan, the idea of my pops, my dad, being a professional athlete was just something really, truly that I I could only dream of. Um, But as I've gotten older and you realize all of the things that go along with having a pops that's an NHL player, you know, I would think that there are some things that you loved about it and maybe some things about it that, you know, man, were not necessarily ideal and definitely very different for you as you're growing up, yeah. how how what was it like, man? Have, having having a, a dad that was not only playing in the NHL, but and I'm not trying to be a jerk here, seriously, but bouncing around a bit as well. You know, I uh, growing up was obviously different. You know, um, we we moved around a lot. In once I got into like close to the double-digit age group. When I was young, I don't really remember a lot of it, but as I got older, my dad was in Europe. We spent a lot of time in Europe, and that was the craziest part about, like, because all these kids I know that I go to school with, they're like... You know their their family vacations to Florida, and I'm right. like, they're like, where'd you go, Ash? Oh, Switzerland. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> but no, other than that, you know, honestly, nothing's really that different. The one thing I really admire about my dad is that he's never made anything feel or any different than it actually is. It's like there's no bougie side to anything. Yeah. It's we're just normal people living life, and you know, my dad just happened to be extremely talented at the sport that. He was passionate about so, and we obviously there's perks that yeah. you get throughout life with that. But other than that, honestly, it wasn't really all that different. But from my point of view, it wasn't. But maybe for somebody else, they could say, "Hey, you had a better life than I did, or you got these things." And I'm like, "No." Nah, yeah. So that goes back to what a good perspective from this yeah, young man, no, he's dude. A, he's an incredibly intelligent young man. Talk very, about head screwed on straight. I'm very proud of him. Yeah. Trust me. Um, but it goes back to kind of being numb to the whole experience because that's what he grew up in. Right? Yeah. So when you ask the question, what was it like growing up? Well, for him, it's normal. Mm-hmm. Well, this was just life. Like, you it know, really had, was. had his dad been a, an electrician or a carpenter, you know, then at seven or eight years old being transplanted, boom, as a son of an NHLer, wow, it would be a lot different. Yeah. But for Ashton and the rest of my kids... They just grew up in it. Yeah. So being in a locker room, like in Detroit, when he was a baby, just a baby being held by Kid Rock walking around the locker room <laughs> and stuff, like, he doesn't remember any of that yeah. stuff, but that's not an everyday experience for, like, a lot of people. So, Jamie, how, and this is a really broad question, and I'm sure there's a lot to it, but, like, you know, as you're getting ready to become a father as an NHL player, 
how did you tackle that so that your kids have this very down to earth mentality? It's got, I would just guarantee that it came from your parents and it's just kind of trickled down. But this, this is something that you have to kind of keep focusing on, right? Because if you don't pay too much attention, then you got spoiled brat kiddos that, you know, dad's playing in the NHL, blah, blah, yeah. blah. You know, can I, can how I are say, you looking at that? Can I say something real of quick course. before he answers? My whole life, I have never <clears throat> met somebody, two people, my, my parents, that have uh, preached something more than manners and treating everybody with respect, please, thank you, no thank you, and holding the door for people, everything. Like, it, it, my parents did an absolutely exceptional job raising and actually teaching us, teaching me and my brother how to turn into young men and my sisters how to be polite women and stuff like that. They, it was absolutely amazing what my dad was able to do being as home as little as he was and stuff like that. So I will say that it was very uh, admirable. Yeah, so, you know, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. That's but, beautiful, man. Yeah, it's incredible. It is. Like I said, I'm extremely proud of all my kids, but that was the foundation. You know, the foundation was uh, respect and good manners and that we're very fortunate. And we never played it up, right? Like, so when Christmas came around, they got gifts and whatnot. And, th- yes, they were very fortunate at different times because we had access to certain things. But it was never promoted as, like, boom, look what you got. Yep. You know, it's just like, hey, happy birthday, Merry Christmas. And it was very, very thankful. And just the foundation of it was just to be blue-collar people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I grew up. And that's how my ex-wife grew up. You know, their mother... Uh, Their mother grew up that way, too. Very blue-collar, very down-to-earth, grounded families on both sides. And I think that that's just the path that we chose to raise these guys in. And it's nice to see that it had an effect. It's just – it's really – it's really amazing when you see it sticking like that. I know. You know? It's awesome. It's it's, it's kind of crazy, though, because, like – and I don't – obviously – we wouldn't have taken it to, to the extreme probably that you guys have with cool stuff. But like with my kiddos, my oldest Benjamin has never sat in the lawn at the amphitheater. <laughs> yeah, that's the, amazing. the first three times he saw 21 <laughs> pilots, he met him every time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so. It, but he, that's normal to him. It's normal to him, but it's also very important for me to say to him along the way hey, bro, this is not something that everybody gets. Please make sure, you know, yeah. you appreciate it's it. It's a privilege. You're not bragging and all that kind of crap, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the same thing for them is, you know. Never it, sat in. Never sat uh, in general population. At a hockey game. <laughs> it's always been in. I go to Detroit for a hockey tournament when I'm in, uh, I think, eighth grade. And I'm like, oh, I'm expecting to just, you know, go sit in the stands because whatnot. And we get there and I'm sitting in the massive Detroit uh, alumni room. It's like <laughs> the size of a football stadium yeah, just up, up top. And I'm like. It's, and they're giving was, them hats and giving them stuff, and it's like just a privilege and all. And <clears throat> I never take anything for granted. It's I look at it as yes, it's I'm very fortunate to have stuff like this. But you know, I'm not going to make a fool out of myself. I'm going to respect the people who have earned the right to be in this room just as much as my dad has and stuff like that. So, oh, dude, it's great. It's he, cool. He'll come back on this podcast anytime. Right, well, I, I mean. Anytime. Well, we'll see. We'll see how he does, right, you know, right. and walking through the door later on his head to be so big. You know? <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> All right. Well, so, boys, we are, I mean, we are looking at the the, the Blues regular season. I mean, right square in the face. Yeah, All right. Up, I mean, it it is coming up quickly, and um, unfortunately, 
there is almost not a person in the world that I feel as bad for right now as Scott Prunovich. That poor dude cannot catch a break, man. Well, he he did catch a break, a broken shoulder. Is that bad? Wow. Is that a dad joke? Come on. Is that bad? Man, wow. Well, it's, it's too a, soon. Too it's, soon. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, is it though? Especially when homie is dealing with injury after I know. injury. Okay, so let's recap this for a second. Yeah. For some of our listeners who may not be up to speed on Scott Perunovich, a Hobie Baker winner out of college, which is the Heisman Trophy for hockey players. And had never been hurt before him. No, had never Correct. been hurt before. N- never. Turns pro. Signs that awesome contract, you know, that first contract, and he has to have surgery the very first season. And it was a pandemic season, so it was kind of like, who cares in a good way? Because you weren't really calling guys up. There was a taxi squad. It was it was a mess, as mm-hmm. we remember. So he got to be injured and heal throughout that first season, kind of under the radar, mm-hmm. which was nice. Fast forward to the next season. He comes up, plays really – he starts in the minors. He's leading the league in scoring after 15 games. As a defenseman. As a defenseman. Mind. Correct. Gets called up. Uh, plays a little bit, plays very well at the start. Then, you know, look, at it's hard to jump to the NHL as a defenseman, especially when you're not a defensive defenseman mm-hmm. because you've got to learn how to defend. You have to learn how to play both games. Even though you don't want to play play both games, you have to learn how to do both to a certain extent. A hundred percent. You have to defend your side of the ice so that way you can make the play on the other side. A hundred percent. So Big Haas has got it. And that's how, how that's kind of how I started my career was I was very offensive-minded and I used to joke, I'll be like, I used to tap the goalie on the pads before the game and be like, I'll see you after the game. Meant I wasn't going to be in the defensive zone. <laughs> right. Well, that didn't work out so well at the NHL when you got Lemieux and Yager and Gretzky and Messier and they're coming down and putting the puck in the back of the net. You better learn how to play defense. Yeah, man. So Scott Perunovich kind of went through that transition and then he got hurt. And he gets hurt again. So he's out for the rest of the season till playoffs. What was his uh, What was his first injury? If this I think it was his knee, I think he had something to do with his knee. Um, I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, keep talking and I'll look. Uh, if I'm wrong, then you know what? Please just absolutely lambaste me in the comments of our Twitter page. <laughs> oh, they fine. will, dude. Don't yeah, worry. it's fine. But I think that, and then I think that um, he he had a wrist problem last year, and that's kind of what held him out. And then this year, he broke his shoulder in a preseason game. He's out for at least six months, not even to be evaluated for six months. So this is huge in a way for this young man because he hasn't had a chance yet to prove he's an everyday NHLer just because he hasn't been healthy. So, and then with the injuries already to Scandella, it's, I said this to JR last week. I said this to JR last week. It feels like with defensemen, it's like pitchers with baseball. Like you can never freaking have. Aren't you glad you got Nick Letty now? Enough. Boy, man. How about them apples? Holy crap. I've been saying it the whole time. At least you shored up your top 4D, and now you've got Mikola and Bortuzzo, along with Callie Rosen, who's going to be that seventh defenseman for you. Aren't you glad you had the depth? And that, that to me, and again, Jimmy, kind of talk about the third pairing a bit, man, because, like, it's not necessarily sexy, but, like, it's big, it's mean, you know what I mean? Like, so it feels like that's a... That's a really solid third pair. Yeah. So Mikel is what six foot six, six foot seven. Bortuzzo yeah. six four, and and Haas. You know how, in your opinion, the role of the third pair D yeah. on a hockey team. What is their role? What is their job to do out there? What are they supposed to make sure of? <sighs> That's such a broad. Well, you want them big. Yeah. You want them physical. Yeah. Right. You want a little sandpaper. Mm-hmm. Keep the game simple. Yeah. So very make- simple. Very simple. In the defensive zone. You make the easy play. You don't 
you don't stick handle at the blue line as the third pair. You you know you get the puck out and you keep the puck in. If the the puck comes up to the point, you get a clear shot. You take it. If not, back down the boards behind the net. Dude, this you know, is you so know why? You know why you put it behind the net? Tell me. It's the farthest point from your net. It's the least dangerous spot on the ice. Dude, you make a turnover. You turn it over <clears> behind the other team's net. That way, they have to go the entire length of the ice to score. So. Okay, so so you must have had a great coach. <laughs> so, but so Jamie, like, obviously, it's not ideal. Okay, having Perunovic out, having Scandella. Yeah, but out. you know what? Here, Donnie, let me stop you for a second. I don't know if he was going to be an NHLer to start the season anyway. I, I was just going to to ask. Well, just, Donnie, why don't you go ahead? <laughs> I was just going to ask. You know, do you think that this? Man, I don't want to. I don't want to take anything away from the kid, but like, just do you think that this is a a huge loss? For the Blues, at, as we're looking at the season, as we're looking at how good they can be, I feel like it's all it's all about the way you look at it. Like, yeah, potentially it could. It's hard to say because he never really got to make that breakthrough. You so the so you don't know what you had, right? right like exactly. What you're yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's look at this from both sides of the equation. From a player standpoint, this is brutal. This is a third year in a row you're injured. This is a third year in a row you cannot develop. Man, dude. And what are you lacking? Development. You need to up your game as far as defensively and even on the power play and all that. You need the reps and you need the practice every day against NHLers. So for the player, this is really not ideal. For the franchise, for the team, this isn't ideal either for the very same reason. You signed this guy. He was an absolute stud coming out of college hockey and he hasn't been healthy. So he's not able to develop. So you don't even really know what you have yet. You think you know because yeah. you've seen him play at the American Hockey League level and dominate. You see, you think you know because he's played college hockey and dominated, but he's never dominated in the NHL. Take it from me. I can tell mm-hmm. you this. Uh, not to pump my tires. I dominated junior hockey. I dominated the American League, and I never dominated the NHL. So there is a big step between those leagues and playing in the show. I, I, I think now's a good time to mention that your dad is a member of the Sudbury Wolves' like all-time greatest team. Oh, I know. Like, all, I mean, well, no, you were just saying just to prove like what you were saying is that you dominated yeah. in juniors. I mean, 100, so 128 points and yeah, 60, yeah. 60 that, games. Dude, that's crazy. I like how you say it too. 60 games. You know, I don't know. What, no, 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 whatever. But, <laughs> like, 24 and playoffs. Yeah, like you were saying, uh, same thing happened to me. Like <clears throat> my uh, early on in hockey maybe my fourth year plan i had massive leg surgery and you go from being like top dog and then that injury hits and it becomes almost frustrating in a sense cuz it's not about getting back to where you were it's about getting back there and then some and then putting the work in healing yourself putting in the extra work getting the cardio and all the stuff like that and just it's a battle, and especially when you battle injury after injury after injury, you start to – the frustration leaks yeah. in, and you start to lose it, and it's hard to fight back. Okay, so the reason he knows about this is Ashton was a uh, very talented young hockey player here in St. Louis and quite, quite honestly in the country. Um, he had injuries. One, he had a, he was born with a leg length difference, so Shriners Hospital, hats off to them. They did a great job. They had a leg lengthening process but they cut his leg in half basically and put pins and to speed it up he used to have to break his leg every day by twisting the pins and making the leg you know extend so he went through that as a young man oh, buddy. Mm-hmm. yeah and then following that 
Um, he had a bunch of concussions that got him, and then he tore his shoulder and then broke his ankle twice. So when he's talking about frustration, now that's a really long laundry list of injuries to go <laughs> yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. But he's right. And I didn't think about this, too, is he talks about the frustration, and it's not about getting back to where you once were. How do you get better? So for Scott Perunovic, it's not about getting back to where he was, but how does he get back to there and then and then some? And then defend he, against Connor McDavid and they, stuff like Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, It's absolutely. frustrating. It's it's taxing mentally because you have the sitting there going from hockey seven nights a week, hockey, 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 to rest, recovery, taking things slow, getting back through the movements. Not go, being able to do those movements. Right. And yeah. then it's when you can't do the movement that you did perfectly months prior, it's frustrating. It taxes your your mentality and stuff like that. It it becomes extremely difficult, and people really never look into that aspect of things. So he is going to legitimately need some mental coaching along with physical coaching in this process because Absolutely. I cannot admit, this poor kid has just got to be beyond deflated. It, it, we all groaned for him when we saw the, the, uh, the six-month thing come out. We all did, man. We all felt so bad for him. Such a long time. And like your dad said, like, like no evaluation in a couple of months, like six months. And that's a long freaking time, man. Long time. That's like the end of this, like the end yeah. of the season. He's that's... going to miss, he'll, he will miss the entire season and whatever he's able to participate in will probably be in the American Hockey League because he's going <clears> to, <throat> he will need time to get back to where he was. I mean, you're not just going to take a guy who's been injured for extended period of time last year and then all of this season and drop him into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, no That's way. a lot to ask of an individual. Dr. James Maxwell, Crestwood Dental Group, one of the proud sponsors of the Last Minute Blues podcast. I love going to Dr. Maxwell, but more than anything else, I feel so relieved knowing that my kiddos go there and that they're being taken care of to the degree that they were. You know, Dr. Maxwell and his staff, they let my kids, you know, let us know about six, eight months ago that the kiddos needed braces. So uh, now, uh, you know, I've got the orthodontist thing going on, but Dr. Maxwell is still taking care of the uh, of the health of those teeth and gums, and they're just so great. My youngest son, Dexter, is an absolute spark plug, and getting him to sit in that seat and be still and be patient is tough for everybody, but Dr. Maxwell and his staff, they handle it with an absolute smile. They're just really great at what they do. Dr. Maxwell is always learning, trying to find out better ways to do what he does. If you need a great dentist for you and your family, Dr. Maxwell and his team, they're going to take great care of you. Crestwood Dental Group off of Watson in Crestwood. Give them a ring. 314-463-5655. Crestwood Dental Group, Dr. James Maxwell. All right, I'm going to throw three names out at you guys. All right? I want to know, are they making the team? I want to know uh, the, the, how you like kind of view their prospects for 2023. I want to start with the young man uh, that is Jake Neighbors. Will Jake Neighbors make this Blues team, or will he start the year in the AHL where he can be a top dog and dominate? I think that all depends on the health of Logan Brown. Okay. Because Logan Brown had himself a heck of a preseason. Now he's got the injury bug a little bit here. Um, all things being equal, I think that Jake Neighbors gets a chance if Logan Brown isn't healthy. Okay. And uh, because I think Jake Neighbors, as good as he's played, and I'm happy for the young man, he needs to play big minutes. Mm-hmm. So he'll play 12 or 13 minutes a game in the NHL. 
where he'll play 18 to 20 minutes a game in the American Hockey League. And like we've said before, he'll play on the power play. Penalty Will he play on the power play? play? Everything. Regular shift. He'll play against the best players in the league. And he may only need 10 games right? for the Blues to be like, okay, you know what? He's in. We bring back up. 13 minutes out of a hockey game really doesn't sound like a lot, but to to play in the NHL and have four ri- four lines rolling, rather, and to be a, a forward, 13 minutes is a lot of ice time. Yeah. If you're playing the right way, yes. it's a lot of ice time. And then you, if you play that game the way you're supposed to, you end up more ice time, more ice. Like, he has the potential to turn into like a staple for the Blues. I can't wait. He yes. just looks like he is a stud in the waiting. So then he talk about Logan good. Brown. What was Logan Brown doing that was impressing everybody that was kind of cementing him onto this roster? People don't realize that Logan Brown is what? Six, six, seven, six, seven. Wow. Yes. I didn't know he was that. Tall. I played hockey with his younger brother going up my whole life. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, he's six, seven. He's got silky buttered hands. He protect, <laughs> he protects the puck. I don't know much about the way he's playing as of recently, but like he's just an outstanding player. Yeah, so building off of what Haas is saying here, he's got all this skill, right? And the biggest thing for Logan Brown that he had to work on was increasing the pace of game. So a big guy like that against American Hockey League players, junior hockey, he's able to keep everybody at bay because he's so talented and so big. He doesn't necessarily have to keep the feet moving, right? The NHL level, everybody's fast. Mm-hmm. Everybody's strong. You know, your six foot one guy can pick up a guy six seven and toss him into the boards. Like it's a different <laughs> animal. Yeah. Okay. So Logan Brown had to pick up the pace of play and compete. You know, his compete level on both ends of the ice, and he was doing that. I watched him in two of the games that he played, and he was the one of the most dominant players on the ice at the center position, and that's his natural position. It- he was winning faceoffs. He was playing good defensively and six seven in the defensive zone with a good active oh stick. Well, put him on the ice. So just for fun, let's put him on the ice with Mikola and Bortuzzo in the defensive Holy zone. Holy crap! There's no room to do anything. <laughs> there Seriously. should be uh, theoretically there should be very His little. The same room. height as this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I'm a pretty big guy. <laughs> which is saying a lot. Yeah, like, <laughs> joking. You are six foot. So where do you see him slotting in? That would be a third line center. Third line guy. Yeah, and um. Maybe he gets the chance at center, and maybe they bump Braden Shen to the wing just because Shenner can play the wing so well. Or maybe they put him back on wing. But I definitely think that if Logan Brown gets healthy, he's de- he's deserving and earned a spot in the top nine to show what he can do. Because yeah. that's what he was drafted as, an offensively gifted guy to create you know, goal-scoring opportunities. All you right. don't get that on the fourth line necessarily. And here is where it comes to a screeching, crashing. I already know where you're going to go. Jeff? Is he going to? Jeff? Jeff? Is he going to make the team or Lock not? your ears. Two, last week, when Jeremy Rutherford was in here, there he had been a part of the uh, Barubi's press what conference. What are we talking about? We're talking about Clem Costa. There we go. Okay. We, we never got it out. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Clem we just Shady. assumed that everybody knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Jeremy Rutherford had asked Coach Barubi, what do you think about Costa? And, I mean, he was very forthright in saying, I need more. I need more. So, again, this is a couple years here now that I feel like we're saying essentially the same thing about this dude. Is he going to make the team? So, before we answer that question, I want to bounce this off of Haas because, um, and not about Klim Costin, player, and everything in and out. What I'm going to bounce off of you, Haas, is if I was to tell you that a forward played 13 or 14 minutes in a hockey game, yet was invisible. 
what would your thoughts be about that? What would, how would you describe that player then for that game? Irrelevant. There you go. There you go. And yeah. that's unfortunately that's a strong word. Yeah, but it's true. What a tell me more about <clears throat> Costin. What's a what's he? What's his play style? What's his? Well, I don't know much. He's very gifted as far as skill level. He's size. Oh, he's big. He's big, got big shoulders, strong. man. Yeah, he can skate. He can hit. He can actually fight when he chooses to fight. He's got an NHL shot. <clears throat> Most of the time, when I see, when I hear about players that have stuff like this, is like. What what genuinely used to make players stick out for me, like when I play against a kid, you know, like you play against the best teams in the world. Like I play triple A hockey, you play against these kids. I half the kids I played against growing up were literally in the NHL now. Drafted now. Yeah. Um teammates in the N N T D P stuff like that. But intensity. You have to play with intensity. And that is what made uh players stick out for me is like like you know, skating hard into corners, you know, protecting the puck, you know, cycling, you know, finding the open man, passing hard, shooting hard, shooting to score every single time, you know, stuff like that. And Hosses, as you're saying this stuff, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I kind of do because that's what I do on this podcast. No, it's okay, <laughs> but, I understand. But, but like, he's not doing any of that so stuff. That's the, to Dude, Craig Berube's it. point is I need to see more. The number one word for Craig Berube about any player, as we've learned over the last couple of years, is compete. Mm-hmm. Compete. The compete. Intensity. Compete. Urgency. Yeah. Like, you want to win. So, you will do anything it takes to be successful. Clem Costin has all the tools. It's literally like you know, the most beautiful Porsche you've ever seen, right? It's got all the tools, except it was made without a gas pedal. Yeah, and you can't get the sucker going. But 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 so then, if if you are Blues management and you see all of this talent, you just keep waiting for it to mature. Well, I mean, at what point do now, you? Donnie. They've waited uh, long. Yeah. Enough. That's what that's what I was just it's asking. Been, what four years now? Yeah, this is where it's gonna. This is where the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. And when you've got kids like Jake Neighbors, um, you've got kids like Logan Brown. You've got Nathan Walker, who you know that's going to go out there and compete every single every game. Alexei Torpchenko, who he's coming back sooner than oh, later. Oh, yeah, that's right. Superman is going to be right. back sooner than later. So when you've got that, and that those guys are competing with a guy who you have a hard time noticing, the writing is on the wall. The- and, and I feel like, and you know what? I feel like this is the only Blues player that we are consistently saying this kind of thing about. I've been, I've been I- hearing his name for. What, three years? At least three or four now. And it just, still, it just like, come on, man. You know what, Donnie? And and you'll, you'll understand what I'm about to say. Oh, I've probably heard it 100,000 times before. (laughs) Clem Costin was given the answers to the test, and he's chosen not to use them. Absolutely. Greg Berube has, I mean, he has laid out what he needs from him as a player, and he's not doing it. So if I'm a coach, two things. The, the player is um, unable or unwilling. He's not unable no. because he's got all the talent in the world. He's unwilling. And if that's the case, how can you win with someone who's unwilling? I mean, you, you, you just can't. All right, now listen, we're going to wrap up with this. Strong way to wrap things up here. This week, the Blues make a really great announcement uh, that there will be a Blues Hall of Fame. Um, long overdue. Now, 10 automatic inductees. Al McGinnis. Bob Gassoff, Bob Plager, Barkley Plager, uh, Sid uh, Salmon, one of the uh, the original Blues owner, mm-hmm. Brian Sutter, Brett Hull, Bernie Federico, Chris Pronger, and Dan Kelly. So we are going to nominate a few more folks, I believe, this year that will be inducted. If you guys had to had to pick a couple guys that you would like to see inducted, 
Who would it be? I'm going to go first. I'm going to say I want to see Alex Steen get inducted. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot, a lot of, of this happened with your dad and me kind of learning the, the nuances of the game a little bit more. But seeing all of the things that that dude did for this team, there is no freaking way we win that cup in 2019 oh, yeah. if it isn't for Steener. And oh, I, right. I just think, he, sh- I think he, he should be one of those guys. And then probably somebody like Big Walt. Uh, you know, somebody like Keith Kachuk that, you know, man, Kachuk, just a, a great blue. But there's a lot of great there's a lot of great guys that you could choose from. Yeah. Um for me, uh I think Jimmy Roberts. Jimmy Roberts should absolutely be in the Blues Hall of Fame. He's the first St. Louis Blue. He was drafted the first guy ever to be a St. Louis Blue and you know what he did for this organization as a player, as a coach, as a mentor. Culture. Culture, everything. The stories about Jimmy are endless. I think Jimmy Roberts is a guy that's kind of off the radar that deserves to be in there. And, you know, I, I think Steiner's a great one. I think guys like Barrett Jackman, too. Yeah. And oh, Bruce dude. Affleck. How about Bruce Affleck? Yeah, man. You know, he's been the, the head of the alumni for 30 years now. And our Blues alumni is, I would argue, is the strongest in the NHL. Absolutely. And that's because of guys like Bruce that have managed yeah. to keep it all together like that. So for me, those are three guys that I would start with. Yeah. But the best thing about this is the the Blues have such an incredible franchise history of players and characters. Yep. I think that's the biggest thing here is the Blues Hall of Fame can't be based on goals and assists. Mm-hmm. Because if that's the case, then Bob Plager, he doesn't qualify, right? But and, and then you're going, what do you mean he doesn't qualify? Exactly. Right. Exactly. So let's expand the criteria to people who made a difference on the team, in the community, and all these other places that help grow the game of hockey, help uh, mentor young players who came in 10, 20, 30 years after they retired. I think that all of that together is why we get you know some of these awesome dudes that can go in there. Well, and when you're saying all of those things, I'm thinking Kelly Chase. Yeah. I, I think yeah. a, a Chaser. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't goals. It wasn't assists. You know, he was a fighter. But I can still remember the, the, the Channel 5 news shot when he was going to Hartford and they had the Special Olympic hockey players seeing him off at the airport, and that man in tears broke yep. my heart and still to this day does. So there you go. Another guy that no goals or assists yeah. to talk about, you know, but he, he certainly would be a guy like that. Hoss, what about you, man? You know this franchise. Um, Even if you just pick a couple of your faves, You know, man. one name that really comes to mind, just uh, around the alumni community and the stuff that the, this guy did for, you know, uh, back when the alumni room was at Hardy's, you know, he put together all these amazing events for all the old players and stuff. He took care of us when we would go to the alumni suite at the, uh, at, uh, the, not, uh, Enterprise? Yep, Enterprise. Enterprise, mm-hmm. sorry. It's blanked. been so many names. It's been 12 names. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, Terry Ake. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah, um, love his family. He's a <laughs> really good dude. I, I, I like him. I think that's a good name. Man, and you're not, I mean, but you're just not going to run out of people. I mean, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, there's. No, this is the beauty of it, though, is every year you could have three to five guys go in there. And who cares if you have a whole bunch of guys? You got some catching up to do. Yeah, you oh, know, absolutely so. Up to do. And I think it's great that they get the fans involved. You know, to me, I think it's an amazing opportunity for yeah. fans to remember the past, to honor some of the players that have done a lot of great things, both, again, on and off the ice and in the community. And then at the end of it, it's a great revenue source for the Blues. Absolutely. The business so. model's great. Every year you get a bunch of guys come in. Every year you sell jerseys of those guys that are out there. So people now have a piece of nostalgia as well. I are think you, everybody wins. Are yeah. we talking, it's like Blues Hall of Fame, do they have to be retired? 
as of right now. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and I think they have to play a certain amount of games with the team as well. Well, like I want to say it was like 300 games or something. Maybe it's 200, huh. something along those okay. lines. I, I, I could be wrong, but I mean, just a few that they have on the Blues website. Listen to this. How are you going to choose? Red Berenson, oh, Scotty Bowman, Pavel Dimitra, Glenn Hall, Barrett Jackman, Curtis Joseph, Mike Leute, Adam Oates, Steiner, Gary Unger, yeah. uh, Pierre Turgeon, David Backus, Wayne Babbage, Al Arbor. I mean, like, this is some of the, the who's who in the NHL overall in the history. Yeah. This is just so cool, man. And also, too, the more that we're talking about this, we're just that much closer to Blues regular season hockey. It's my favorite time of the year. Playoff baseball, Bills football, Blues hockey. I love it. I love it so much. First of all, Hoss, yes. you are welcome to come into this podcast anytime that your dad allows you. It I, was wonderful having yeah. you in. You are a tremendous young man, and I really appreciate you being here today, I really dude. I appreciate that. Thank you for having anytime, me. Anytime, man. Ribs, you're okay. Yeah, I know. Don't get carried away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers, Hoss Rivers, Donnie Fandango, as always, it's the Last Minute Blues Podcast. And let's go, Blues! The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.